to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. Devin, today I'm doing a story that I'm pretty sure I've been teasing since about episode four. <laughs> I can't remember. That is the slow burn. No, it really is. I can't remember what you talked about last time we recorded, so I sure as sugar can't remember this one. <laughs> Sure, sugar. Sure, sugar. We're going to talk about Spokane's own nature boy, Willie <gasps> Wiley. Oh, Willie Wiley, who I always want to call Wooly Willie. Oh, my goodness. He was also Wooly Willie. <laughs> and in my head, he's still Willie Willie. Yes. Which then takes me to Louie Louie. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Our unofficial state song. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> This is, I want to give a shout out specifically. I went to Auntie's bookstore a couple months ago with the patron money and just made it rain, man. And this is one that is like The Life of Willy Willy. It went into three printings, apparently, was shocked me by Keith L. Yates. It came out. You just called him Willy Willy again. I did it! Yeah. Willy Wiley. There's two L's. That spells Will. <laughs> makes me angry. It was printed last in 92, and so getting a copy of it online is actually kind of challenging and can be very expensive. Yeah. Unless you just go to Auntie's and then it's $8.99. Oh my goodness. So aunties, thank you to Auntie's. You. Thank you to the patrons, and thank you to whatever person deaccessioned this from their library and nope. uh, let it come into my hands. Thank you very much, because I was interlibrary loaning it from Pullman. And that wasn't going great. In 1884, in Mount Ager, Ohio, Mm -hmm. two twin little baby boys were born to a farming family. Twin baby brothers, who they name Willard and Willis Wiley. God damn it. Yeah, we're off to a great start, right? I'm never going to remember this. That's okay. Okay. You just need to know there's a Willard and there's a Willis, and we're really only focused on Willis. It's fine. Willis? You can keep that in your head. I can keep that in my head. Forget about Willard. Bye. (laughs) See you never. See you never, Willard. Yeah, Willard. Get out of here. Willis, as a little guy, loved the great outdoors. He liked watching plants grow, which also, like, you're on a farm. What else are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. You better like animals and watching plants. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else for you here, Willis. Right. So Willis went through school to about eighth grade. Yeah. And then went to go do laboring stuff and farm and all that kind of stuff. And in 1905, when he's about 21 years old, he arrives in Spokane. Okay. So this is a pretty early Spokane, right? 1905. Like, it's not completely frontier, but it's not super well established. No. And Willis loves it. He's like, this place is great. It is, what was the old slogan? Near nature, near perfect. He thinks Spokane is wonderful. He likes to fish. He likes to hunt. He likes that there's these little farms all around town and these hills. And Spokane loves him back. (laughs) This is when he gets his nickname of Willie. Okay. And he actually, I I like this. He sported a frisky team and a snappy buggy and could be seen about town with a young lady or two riding beside him. (laughs) A young lady or two. Or two. Get it, Willis. Get it, Willis. Yeah, he liked to ice skate. 
<laughs> he <laughs> he went to church. Uh, his whole relationship to religion is kind of ambiguous. Yeah. And I'm not really sure, but I feel that I should mention because that's kind of a social thing. Yeah. Uh, when World War One breaks out, he's 33 and he's in bad health. So going to war is not a good option for him. And he gets in some kind of disagreement that is basically unknown because like so many characters we've talked about on the show, Willie is somebody who managed his own story and legacy Mm. very actively during his lifetime. Okay. So I don't really know what went down. Yeah. But for some reason, Willie felt constrained. And I think that's in basically every society at all times ever, usually pretty legit. Yeah. And Willie's reaction to this, to feeling like the man was trying to keep him down, was he took off his clothes. (laughs) Which is a very two-year-old way to express that you don't feel good about stuff. But I think it started as a practical thing where you know he was working outside he'd take his shirt off and he's like i feel better this is better why should i have to wear a shirt when i'm working by myself well why should i have to wear a shirt when i'm seeing people i know yeah and he very quickly settled into his look that would be his look for the rest of his rather long life which was just a pair of khaki shorts (laughs) that was the whole look (laughs) it's simple yet effective Yeah, yeah. I don't think they were cargo shorts. I don't think they were probably that exciting. (laughs) But he he attributed so much good stuff to this. So this started out as like a fuck you, church elders. Right. I'm not going to wear a shirt. And before he knew it, he's like, oh, my health is way better. I'm not getting these colds all the time. Okay. I feel really strong. I feel really sturdy. I have this good appetite. Like, all kinds of good things are coming to him now that he's doing this. Okay. And I have no idea what to make of that. I don't think there's actually a medical logic, unless you're, like, allergic to cotton, that that would happen. But I have a personal theory that he just was psychologically in such a better place when he decided to do what made him happy that his physical health responded accordingly. Yeah, I could see that being true. Or maybe he just started saying that's what happened because he wanted to explain why he was not wearing a shirt. Well, I mean, I do think that if you go around without wearing clothes, you are going to become better acclimated to your environment's mm-hmm. minute changes, to the environment itself, you'll feel a deeper connection. And these, we know, have you know better effects on you mentally. You're not experiencing these extreme changes in heat and cold because your body's used to them. You're kind of like a little wild animal, right? And then yeah, also, it- you're really feeling the work. Like, I get that. I like walking around yeah. barefoot. It makes me feel better to have that connection to the earth. Right. And he also is starting to shake off these ideas of you should cover up your body and hide your shame. He's like, my body's nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah. I'm like, good. Accept that. Like, feel it. You're good. You're good to go. On with your bad self, Willie. Yeah. Get on with it, Willie. So because he was just coming into town with a pair of shorts on, which to the people of the time, the number of articles I found that described him as being naked was shocking to me. 
Because I'm like, no, that means no clothes. Right. And he's wearing shorts. Now, I understand this is like an era when you were wearing more layers. But again, naked means things. Naked yes. doesn't mean like swim trunks. It does right? not. No. That doesn't mean you can wear them into a fancy restaurant, but it's not. His dick's not out. <laughs> like, come on. Darn it. More That's is the a pity. separate issue. That's a different, <laughs> different Wiley Willie. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, so he loved the notoriety and the fact that it kind of opened people up to approaching him. He became like, as much as they already knew him from his days of his sharp buggy or whatever. Okay. Now it was like, oh, I totally know that guy. That's the guy who just wanders around in shorts all the time. They called him the nature boy. And he was like, I love it. I'm totally oh. the nature boy. Oh. So, yeah. He seems to have been a pretty sweet guy from what I can tell. Like, okay. For instance, there was one time when a mother and four children, their the husband and father had abandoned them, and okay. he cut wood all winter and sold the excess to raise money for food for them and let them oh. burn what they needed for fuel. And I'm like, that's really sweet. That's yeah. good looking out. Now, what Willie always wanted ever since he came to Spokane was to have one of the farms of his own. And he really liked the Hilliard area. Okay. He liked going kind of southeast of Hilliard. And he liked going up on the hills where you could kind of see Spokane and yeah. see the buildings. But you were really off doing your own thing. So he found a 40-acre piece of property. Okay. Which it's on Valley Springs Road right where it turns toward, is that called Bigelow or yeah, Bigelow Gulch. Gulch Road. Yeah. Yeah, you know, kind of out by, like, the Humane Society. That's what I was looking up. Like, you know where Beacon Hill is? Yeah. Or um, that kind of stuff. So it's not that far off from where the actual city is now. Yeah, right? exactly. But it, it's a bit far east for Spokane back in, you know, the early 20th century. Yeah. Yeah. It's more toward Hilliard, more... You know, north of the river, it's not exactly well filled in, mm -hmm. uh, especially once you're getting off the major roads. So he picked out a piece of land, he bought it, and he made his little farm there. Okay. Willie built a house. He has a deed to this property. He can look down at the valley. He can look at the city. He's seeing the railroads getting developed. Aww. And he, let's see, as Willie looked down on this progress, he was happy that he could live on his own land in the way that he wanted. He often drove into town, beard flying in the wind and bare shoulders shining. There are those who remember that he sometimes was accompanied by a woman friend. Okay. That's all we get for that, by the way. Oh, wow. I, I have no idea who this chick was. Wow. Willie's just living with loose women who don't mind his bare shoulders? That, yeah. Those are only appropriate for afternoons, as Scarlett O'Hara taught us. <laughs> yes. Now I like that even better to imagine him twirling a little parasol. Of course. And a leghorn uh, hat. I must yeah. maintain my complexion. My complexion. <laughs> the chapter in the book, I have to warn you, okay. says, troubles start. <gasps> right? So every hero and every villain get their origin story, yes. right? You've got to have, you know, you get bit by the spider, your parents decide to go through crime alley instead yes. of out the front <laughs> exit, 
<laughs> you get something yes. that takes what may have been a uh, a forgettable quirk into a defining yes. moment. Yes. And here's what happens for Willie. He's got his farm. He's hanging out with whoever this sweet lady was driving into town. And in January 1921, he hears from back home on that farm that his mother has passed away. Okay. So he gets in contact with a nephew who lives in Spokane. And he says, can you stay at my place for six weeks and look after the livestock while I go deal with this? Because obviously he's not going to like fly home for a weekend. Yeah. He needs needs a sitter and he needs to deal with stuff. Yeah. So according to... What was said later, the agreement was that this guy, A.E. Murphy, is the nephew. He and his wife can, like, use the preserves, use the food that's there. Obviously, they can have the eggs from the chickens. Uh, they basically get to live. They, they get to house it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, have whatever you want yeah. in the pantry. Just make sure the chickens are fed. Exactly. And you're not letting the pipes freeze or whatever. Yeah. Don't kill the house plants. We'll be fine. Right. So, so far, so good. A.E. Murphy... <laughs> is pet sitting. Eddie Murphy's pet sitting. Eddie Murphy is pet sitting. And Willie writes from Iowa after some time and says, can you stay on later? So in January, he says, can you stay for six weeks? So presumably it's February, maybe early March. Yeah. When Murphy gets this other letter saying, can you stay on a little longer to the 1st of April. And he's like, no, I can't. Like, I've got a day job. This is out of my way. Can you please either find somebody else or come back? Yeah. And Willie's like, all right, um, reach out to this person and see if they can take over it. Okay. And he's like, all right, that's going to be fine. Willie doesn't actually get back until late July. Ooh. I'm not sure specifically what happened, but I'm going to guess, you know, a big family. They've lost the mom. You're not, like, if all you've got waiting for you is some chickens, you're not going to say, hey, bye, family that I haven't seen yeah. for a long time. We're all going through it right now, but I want to do that far away from you. Yep. No, I think he was being a good boy. And he comes back to Spokane in late July 1921. Okay. He goes to the ranch, and he finds out that it has been neglected. And oh, no. Murphy has not actually gotten somebody else to come look after this. Um, so I don't have more details. I don't oh. know if, like, the chickens died right. or if they walked off with the chickens. Right. But at minimum, like, a farm and a ranch yeah. is effort, right? Like, yeah. I have enough to do just to keep an apple and a cherry tree alive around here. <laughs> you know, I can't – you can't just neglect this stuff. I can't unless even it's tell like, the difference between those two trees. <laughs> This is a running gag of Devin being appealed to me about all the pictures I send her of my fruit. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, Liz. Well, I mean, it's it unless it's like camas or tumbleweed. Right. If you don't water it, right. it ain't growing. Exactly. So anything that Willie wanted to eat probably is gone during <laughs> the very short growing season that yeah. we have. Yeah. But Willie goes up to Murphy and he's like, okay, how much do I owe you for the the feed that you did do? Right. And Willie's like, all right, like $30, $35. And so Willie's like, all right, goes into town, gets the money, comes back. And Murphy's like, no, you actually also need to pay me for my labor. Yo. And one thing leads to another and it ends up going to court. Okay. And in fact... In later years, Willie's version of this is that he thinks Murphy actually got a lawyer 
over this before he even came back. Oh. So, this is complicated. This is kind of fraught, and I feel bad for both parties in this. Yeah. Because on the one hand, the last thing Willie should have to be doing when his mother has died is trying to line up house sitters right. for his little ranch. Like, that's the kind of thing that your community looks after for you. Right. Everybody loves Willie. Somebody should do that. On the other hand, if I were looking after somebody's pets right. and house... Right. And it was out of my way, like, let's say I'm, like, driving an hour-round trip to get there and, and take care of everything, and I've got a day job, and they extend their trip from six weeks to six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed and want some kind of remuneration. Right? Like, I'm not going to let their ficus die, but I'm I'm going to be like, <laughs> look. Yeah, this is this is your stuff. And our agreement was I would do six weeks. And it's all well and good that you have somebody else that you think I could ask. But like, I didn't take custody of these forever until you feel like coming back. And it's not my job to go find a bunch of other people until somebody else wants to take over this indefinite task. And then I get to negotiate on your behalf. Right. So on that front, I feel for Murphy. Totally. But I think that's also a thing where it's like, okay, you give me money for the feed. I don't have to pay for whatever I fucked up at your farm. Yeah. And now we're just going to have a real tense relationship and you're never going to ask me to house it. Exactly. Exactly. I used up my one cosmic favor. We're good. Like, okay, we both have different expectations of how far that relationship could be safely pushed. Yeah. Now we know that that's not the right fit for us. Yeah. I guess my point was I feel for both parties on this, but like so many things where somebody should have dropped this, right? Somebody right. should have let it go. Right. But I think Willie is still grieving. I don't know if Murphy was close with his aunt, but he's had a very rough year too, where all of a sudden he's like in charge of a whole farm he didn't realize. Yeah. And in November, the court rules in favor of Murphy and say and says you get $140 plus costs and disbursements. So he sued saying he was entitled to $36.70 for the feed minus $10 for eggs he sold, plus a dollar per day for labor for 115 days. Okay. And the court said, yes, that's correct. Okay. This is fully one of those things where you're like, you didn't need to get this in writing until you definitely, (sighs) apparently did. Yeah, exactly. And Willie was like, no, I'm not paying that. That is absolutely unacceptable. So the court orders him to appear. They, like, serve him with a court order on his ranch. He says, I'm not doing it. And in September 1922, his property is put up for auction. Yeah. Because he's so resistant to doing this. And this guy named Francis G. Cavers bids $182.40 on the whole property. And wins it so oh basically God. he's paying the judgment plus the interest plus the clerk's fee and filing right. and blah 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 right. like some extra stuff you're buying a house you know that they nickel and dime you <laughs> to nic- the dirt they nickel and dime you but this guy's still getting a steal oh it's a steal yeah this is 40 acres yeah there's a house on it like 
1922, under $200 for 40 acres with a house on it? Jesus. So, this is, things are coming apart for Willie. He records a deed for the property. And something weird goes on. I don't know what Willard was doing here, but apparently Willie sends a deed to his brother and his brother for years continues to pay taxes on this, despite the fact that now Francis owns it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. I don't know if if there was some sort of family logic of like, we can get it back because we can prove that we're acting like it's still ours. (laughs) Or there was some massive confusion or, like, I don't know what happened there. But basically, Willie is like, this is nonsense. This is my property. The judgment that you rendered against me is invalid. Therefore, auctioning this off is invalid. Oh, my God. So there's a full year. And and Francis finally is like, you have to leave. (laughs) You can't keep living here. This is my land now. Yeah. And it keeps going on. So the whole shit kicks off in, what, 1921? Yeah. 1922, it gets auctioned. In 1923, 24, and 25, they keep ordering Willie off the property. And he keeps coming back. Like, I don't even know what to compare (laughs) this to. I'm going to try to, like, turn a slow-moving turtle around and it just is like no i need to be there i have to get to this thing i'm going that way gosh dang it yeah this is my plan (laughs) so refusing to obey a court order is contempt of court another thing that's contempt of court is showing up in court wearing only shorts So Willie is just getting it from both He's sides at this point. He's out of control. This property dispute is going to continue going on. So unless I say otherwise, just assume that at intermittent intervals in this story, Willie is breaking back into the barn or the house oh or setting up a camp or planting seeds. This was a thing he did. He'd be like, I planted a field of wheat. And they'd be like, are you going to harvest it? He's like, no. What are you doing? This is not like the Homestead Act. This is not like you've got to establish your your thing. You don't have squatter's rights on this, Willie. I'm really sorry. Like, it's not an option. Yep. The land deal is a tipping point for Willie because you know who likes to hang out at the courthouse is reporters. Oh. And... Willie, on the cover of this book, is called Nature Boy, Traveler, Ambassador of Goodwill. In my book, he is the patron saint of the slow news day. (laughs) Because any time that you wanted some kind of human interest Mm. story, he would be so happy to let you take his picture. Yeah. He would talk about how great it is not to wear very many clothes. Yeah. Here's a story. 1925. It's the winter. And all the women who are working in the courtroom or in the courthouse run in to the inner office, and a stenographer says, For goodness sakes, there's a man here who hasn't any clothes on. <laughs> he has shorts on, Matilda. Yeah, Matilda. Like, <laughs> calm your tits. Like, 
But I mean, maybe she was like behind the desk and all she saw was like his top half. And she's like, if if he's not wearing a shirt and it's 1925, all bets. All bets are off. It's freezing outside. I love that you did like this phone call operator kind of voice. Operator. For that. <laughs> and he hit me Trenton 495. <laughs> he hasn't any clothes on. <laughs> it's because I read so many picture books and I have to do a lot of voices. <laughs> I love it. Keep To distinguish voices. the characters. Yes. <laughs> do more of that. Yeah, but I love that she was like, she's, he doesn't have any clothes on. And you're like, I don't know if you are not seeing the shorts right. or maybe right. you just like, you didn't want to stand up and check. You right. know, you're like, right. I'm just going to assume right. it gets worse from here. Or for based on what I can see, it's all downhill. It's all downhill. I just yeah. think that they, like you said, have a very different idea of the word naked than we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like, I don't, no clothes. No, those are some clothes. Those are some clothes. They're not his skin. No, no. It's, yeah. It, they're <laughs> short clothes. There are very few of them, but they're there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Deputy Prosecutor Frank Funkhauser, who That's was born in the wrong era, because he definitely should have been yeah, a house band absolutely. leader someplace. Yeah. Frank Funkhauser and his funky bunch or something. <laughs> he comes out. This is a gift I have. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> he comes out, and the first thing Willie says is, burr, <laughs> like... To indicate that it's cold. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently that's his opening bid. Is like, wow, it's chilly outside. That's an icebreaker. He, here's what... Oh God. <laughs> here's what Funkhauser has to say. Yes, I would think you would say, Burr. <laughs> Don't you have more sense than to come around here naked at Christmas time and scare all the women to death? I should think you would have enough decency about you to put on a shirt. We've ordered you to put on some duds three times, and you come in here with midwinter without enough on to cover your nakedness. Again, he's wearing shorts. He's wearing shorts. Get out! Don't let me see you again till you get some clothes on. And so Willie leaves. Okay. This story gets picked up on the wire. Again, patron saint of slow news Oh my goodness, yes. So it gets carried into, like, California, the East Coast. People are starting to write him fan mail and saying, I'm going to do that too. I'm just going to wear a bathing suit all the time. Oh my goodness. I'm going to do this. Now, Willie rolls in in January 1926 He says, I consider it an outrage that a man cannot even talk to a prosecutor without his clothes on. (laughs) So apparently he's also buying into this whole reframing of his lack of clothes. Um, He's wearing galoshes and a sleeveless shirt. Which is like, Willie, like either stick to your guns or put on the whole thing. Do it all. Because I think at this point you're just going to piss him off worse. (laughs) I think. He definitely also takes off his galoshes as soon as he comes in. This was the thing that he did. He would sometimes wear shoes in the winter, not because his feet were cold, but because if they were always wet, the calluses would soften. And okay. it would wreck his ability to, like, walk around on these, you know, feet that you could light a match yeah, on. Yeah, on these hardened hoofs. On these hardened yeah. human hoofs. What The galoshes, though, huh? That's a good look. Those coming right up about to the shorts, I imagine. And then the little, mm-hmm. the little you know, beater tank going on thing. No sleeves. Oh, oh, no. This is a shirt that he actually cut the sleeves off on purpose. Stop it. 
He had a shirt with sleeves. Yeah. And he was uncomfortable and he cut the sleeves off. Well, Liz, he just wanted to exercise all of his rights, including his right to bear arms. I saw that coming. <laughs> and I was like, don't jump on it. Let Devin yeah, do it. Let Devin oh, do I it. Let her it. have her moment. He's he's like, I'm within my rights. I'm allowed to do this. I don't wear clothes because I don't like them. I'm I'm fine. He's, There's an extra layer to all this because of the era in which this book was written. Throughout, they refer to his galoshes as rubbers. Yes. <laughs> so, he was always wearing rubbers, wasn't he, Liz? Always wearing rubbers. I'm like, now that would be upsetting. Yep. If you're working at the courthouse and a dude walks in... All he's got on is a condom. Yep. You're like, oh, you're here to fuck and you're not leaving. You're <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not down for whatever. You're, you're, you're prepared for something I'm not prepared you're- for and you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you maybe just want to get through the x-ray scanning machine more expediently. However, <laughs> I would prefer not. Yeah. So he he keeps going back to the farm. Of course, of course. he interferes with Francis's employees. I feel so if he sees somebody like hauling wood off the property, he's like, "Don't do that. That's my wood." Oh my god, you can't do that. You can't. Francis yep. knew what he was getting into when he bought the foreclosed property of a naked man. Francis, you did it to yourself. I hate to victim blame. I really do. But Francis should have known better. Yeah, this is a a pretty classic case. I feel like we've seen this a lot with foreclosures in the 21st century yep. where you're like there there's a, a a long and complicated gap between when you legally own something yep. that's been foreclosed on and when you can get people out of it. Yep. Like it's a whole yep. thing. Yep. He's he's pleading in superior court now, right? right. Like he's using his right to appeal. And as part of these negotiations, the court says, please don't go back to the farm until you can legally be there, okay? Can we at least say that we will consider that you have the right to legally be there if you promise to quit going there before (laughs) we've decided? If you leave poor Francis alone. Yeah, please get off this poor dude's case. (sighs) So Willie is like, all right. I'm going to go work other places. I'm going to... He was kind of an itinerant guy who basically would do a lot of day labor. Yeah. He was He was not, like, super beefy, but he was strong. He, he looks, like, kids. wiry. Like, in yeah. the, the few photos, he looks definitely, like, day laborer, outdoor, strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's got this kind of... A little dad bod situation yeah. going on, right? Where it's like he's strong, but he's insulated. Yes. And not just with the hair. Not it's, just with the hair. It's a good look. Yeah. So he liked to play baseball with kids. Because he could set his own schedule, right? Right. He would, after the game was over, he would put them all in his car. He always had a car. He was a very car-oriented dude because, among oh. other things, he would sleep in it. It was his house, right? Mm, good point. Because he couldn't sleep in what he thought was his house. He'd try them all down to the store and buy them candy. And at this point, he's also starting to go off the rails in terms of uh, becoming an eccentric. Okay. And that's delightful. So he also has a horse and a sleigh and a dog and a coyote <laughs> as a pet. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It's going to get worse. I'm just oh going to warn you. <laughs> it's going to get better, I think you mean. <laughs> 
was a good contractor. Like he would he would supervise jobs for you as long as you didn't care that he wasn't wearing clothes. <laughs> he was a pretty consistent guy. Like he would put on like if he was doing a job like I don't know they said something about a lumberjack's apron. I don't know what that entails, but like if it was necessary for safety, he wasn't a fool. Yeah, he he was not trying to make some kind of point that way. Yeah. Uh, but he would do this, uh, God, donning a pair of rubbers beyond his usual want. Good God. <laughs> he made a little house out of scrap lumber in the foothills near his farm. And after about two years of trying to be good, he can't stay away from his property anymore. That he seizes his property. Okay. So this is when he goes onto the 40 acres and starts farming a piece of land that he feels like they're not keeping properly. Oh my goodness. I can see this different ways. And I mean, first of all, none of them should be on any of this land. It belongs to the people who were here before. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But... Even with, okay, so setting that aside, Willie bought it. I think the terms under which he lost it are pretty shady. Yeah. I do kind of like the direct action, but I'm also just visualizing how fucking wide open Spokane was at this point. Yes. And how much goddamn farmable land there is. Yes. I'm like, in in two years, Willie, you could have saved 200 bucks and gotten a different piece of land. I know it sucks. Easily, yeah. That you lost your land under shitty circumstances. Yeah. But clearly the ship has sailed. You can't just... Plant hay on <laughs> this dude's land. He knows you're coming. I think that's legal. I really do think that works, Liz. You can just plant hay on that dude's land, and that's, you know, possession is nine-tenths. I mean, I can legally plant seeds on anybody's land if I have a strong enough throw. Like, <laughs> I'll make a seed bomb. Like, that's the thing that people did in Durham because they'd always be trying to, like, super develop areas and then just leave them as fields for a while. And you're like, well, at least it has wildflowers now. Yeah. Willie's going through this cycle where basically he's ending up in jail over and over because every time he gets busted... Not only is he busted for disobeying this court order, but also he's showing up as a never nude and (laughs) offending them. And then also he won't show up half the time. He just doesn't feel like it. So then he goes to jail again. (laughs) It's a whole ass thing. Yeah. So he's spending, you know, 30 days here, 60 days here. He gets... A separate problem, because one of the times when he's going to jail for 60 days, he's like, okay, well, can you take my car off the street so it's not just sitting there the whole time I'm in here? So they drive it into the jail grounds. Somebody who's smoking throws a cigarette over the courtyard railing, and it catches his poor car on fire. This will be a recurrent theme for Willie. Oh, no. His car's on fire. (laughs) Ow! How? Mm. How do you catch? Because when you live in your car (laughs) and you don't have a cigarette lighter to plug in a little charger to, oh my gosh, you make some interesting choices. Oh my gosh! So he gets out of jail like like a dog returning to its vomit, bops right on back (laughs) to his property, but also. He's bringing crap with him this time. Oh, okay. He's bringing a wagon, a water tank, and a bunch of car parts because he's actually a decent mechanic because of all the jobs that he's worked. Sure. And he's like, I'm going to make a car. 
Like, okay, you're going to make a car, but, like, could you make the car literally anywhere except these 40 acres on the entire earth? Could you find some place to put your rusty scrap (laughs) besides this place where you're legally not supposed to be and everybody's watching for you? Like, today, today in 2019, if I felt like piling up a water tank, a wagon, and several auto parts, I could find 10 places where I could do that without being caught out in a 30-minute drive. Yes. Collectively, not yes. each. 30 minutes collectively, I could show you 10 places you can do that. Yes. I, it's it's like a hobby. It's like a form of front yard decor at this yes. point. But he's like, no, the only place it can go is on my farm. That's my farm. Is, right, mine. 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 Yeah. This is going on and on and on. He's still getting his, his name in the papers. He's occasionally getting into accidents. I don't know if Willie was a bad driver or it's just that everybody was a bad driver. Well, yeah. And Willie was famous. Because yeah. think about what it's like in, where are we at now? 1920, 1929? Yeah. What would it be like if nobody on the road was an experienced driver? And there's, I'm trying to remember, so I did this comparison for 1919, so I'm trying to think where it would have been about 1929. Yeah. So you maybe have stop signs, you don't have stop lights. Okay, right. If you did have a stop light, it wouldn't have a yellow light. Right. There's no seat belts, no airbags. Right. The glass that's keeping the wind off you is just straight up fucking window glass to shear your face it's off. Real um, glass. There's no lines painted to indicate lanes. Yes. And we may in Spokane have a traffic cop. Oh. So anytime Willie gets in trouble for getting in a car accident, I'm like, I'm I'm just impressed this didn't happen every day. I mean, also, can we point out the fact that Humans have had the ability to pilot these things for, what, like six seconds now? So Yeah, exactly. And if the car stops, if you're going through town in the one stoplight and your car stops, you have to get out, get that giant fucking wind-up <laughs> toy key, and wind your motherfucking car back up. So I would probably be California stopping through everywhere as well. No kidding, right? It's like everybody's just gotten out of driver's ed, except they yeah. haven't, because there's no driver's there's ed no driver's and no ed. licenses. No, none. Yeah, so, uh, so Willie is kind of camping out. He's living in the car sometimes. He is getting in the newspaper, including a lot of Spokane papers. He loves skating. He still loves ice skating, and he'll go out in his trunks. Of course you And will. he's by this time added a piece to his look for when it's really sunny, which is a little green sun visor like an accountant wears in a movie. <laughs> he's going to have the weirdest tan lines. I know, right? Not sunglasses, not a hat. No. But a visor. A visor, no. His little sunscreen. <laughs> Yeah, he was apparently a great skater. So in this, someone is interviewing him and they're like, aren't you cold? And he's like, I'm not cold. And wiping the perspiration from his brow with a graceful flip of his hand, he launched into some intricate figure eights. And then with a skill that Joe Robinson, nationally known skater, might envy, he straightened out of the flying loops and raced away backwards across the ice. Oh my God. Hey, thanks, author from a hundred years ago for explaining who the fuck Joe Robinson is. You use the reference, and then you clarify the reference, and I appreciate it. You know we're not going to know in a hundred years. 
You know. You know. Yeah. And this is, like, the only, maybe the second time that Willie's talked at all about religion. Yeah. Where he's starting to say that part of what he's doing is to do with his faith, which is that he's worshiping God in the outdoors. Okay. Without society, without clothes, and being true to who he is and what God wants him to be. Okay. Which, okay. Sure. I, that's not my department. Awesome. He, because he's so famous and getting so well known, he actually, in 1932, gets taken on an airplane ride. <laughs> Just cause. Just cause. Just cause somebody with a, with a little plane is like, you want to go for an airplane ride? So they're going like a hundred miles an hour. Oh my god. It's below zero. Of course. And, and he's in his shorts. He, yeah, he's in his shorts. When they land, he's hanging on with both hands. And he's like, <laughs> I don't think I'd like to do that all the time. But, you know, he did wear the goggles and the helmet. I will Good give him that. Him. Wait, you know, you said safety is okay with him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's okay with clothes that have a reason. Yeah. He just doesn't think... He calls his, his skin his shirt. He's like, this is the shirt I like. It keeps me warm. It's comfortable. It's fine. It's fine. This works. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What is that Venn diagram, which is or that pie chart that's that's like uh, reasons why I've taken a sweater, and one percent is because I was cold, and ninety nine percent is because my mother was cold and told me to take a sweater. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's. It's so subjective. Yeah. What temperature we're comfortable at? Yeah. And it varies by so many things. Like, he's clearly really, really used to this, and he feels comfortable. We can't argue about that. No. Unless he's, like, actively shivering and right. and being miserable all the time. Right. If somebody's like, I'm okay at this temperature, you're like, okay, I guess oh, you're all right at this temperature. Totally. And he's proven us that, like, his, his, his thought process is different from most people's, but he's not deficient he's just obstinate so we're not like we're gonna make you yeah. wear a shirt toddler because you don't actually know if you're cold or hot or whatever your brain is putty right now and you're saying the yeah. first goddamn things you thought of that wasn't paw patrol <laughs> yeah he's very clear on what he thinks is right and wrong yeah. and it's not like he's going aliens are beaming these messages to to my pants he's just like <laughs> i think the way that my property was taken away was shady and i think your obsession with me wearing a shirt says more about you than me yep okay yep. so the legal stuff is still going on oh, and God. in 1932 something goes down mm -hmm. such that they find moonshine whiskey and some mash barrels on the property oh now francis i don't know who's doing what but it gets pinned on willie that's not and fair. willie's like you know what i'm out i need a break <laughs> and his his constant legal battle is keeping his name famous yeah people are like coming up to his ranch just to look at him and talk to him and willie goes i'm gonna take this show on the road all right willie because the chicago world's fair is coming up <gasps> that's right 
Yes, it's not the devil in the white city one. This is like the the rainbow the city rainbow. one. Okay, the rainbow. Okay, gotcha. When, yeah. when was Devil in the White City? Because that's the one I thought it was. That was like eighteen nineties or so. I think too many. It was have a different. It place. was a while earlier. <laughs> there are many cities. Don't make things that are yeah confusing for me. Yeah, yeah. Which Georgia Olympics? Which Atlanta Olympics? Exactly. So he has a buddy. That they come up, they seem to just come up with a lot of horseshit plans. Um, and I'm, I'm into uh, yeah, it. Yeah, you're into it. Like, what, right? what horseshit plans have you and I come with up with a lot is the answer. <laughs> what haven't we? Yeah. Um, so they had an idea for a service station where everybody would dress like Adam and Eve, as far as I can tell. Okay. That didn't come to fruition. But they're like, oh, Willie should totally go to the World's Fair because he's a celebrity. So okay. they make a bunch of postcards of Willie for him to sell. People love postcards. And yeah, you got to sell your postcards. And Willie comes up with an idea where he's like, I'm going to update my look so that it's really popping. <laughs> he's going to make shorts out of wildcat fur. Oh, my God. And then he's going to put a shoulder strap like Fred Flintstone <laughs> to, as he puts it, hold him in place and guard against accident. <laughs> Because I think he logically went, I'm making shorts out of wildcat fur. I don't know what the elasticity options are. A shoulder strap. And then he's still going to wear his visor. Of Well. For sure. For a pop of color. Yeah. Yeah, you know. So they spend a long time messing around with their car. They yeah. have an old car. Um, they're planning on driving back to Chicago but unfortunately, it's the Great Depression, and his friend has to drop out. Oh. So, at this point, Willie is 49 years old. God. He looks pretty healthy. Yeah, I bet. He lo- he has long hair that's black. He has a long black beard. He's never cut either of them, as far as I can tell. Right. He is pretty confident in himself, because he's talked to the press a lot. He's been in front of judge a lot right. um, and he has this wonderful thing happen in terms of timing timing's everything yes. for a celebrity yes and there was this film that was being shown in the months and year preceding the world's fair okay. it was called back to nature and it was about nudist colonies oh my goodness yeah and what little I've been able to gather is basically it was a film that made all its money from people hoping that it would show naked yes. people and it didn't. Oh, no. Rude. <laughs> I would absolutely. Rude. That was like the one time I rented porn and there was no porn to be had. <laughs> it was so softcore that I've seen movies on the Lifetime channel that show more. Right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. But this is this is. Willie is a savvy guy, and he goes, aha, he starts basically touring with the movie. There you go. Where he's like, if you like, it's it's, it's like Amazon or Google, you know, like, if you like seeing people who are kind of almost naked, you might also like to buy one of my postcards. To see this person who is almost kind of naked. Yeah, and I can explain it. Uh, So... (laughs) He has actually no connection with the movie at all. He's not a nudist. Right. He's not part of one of our many, many, many Northwestern nudist colonies today and yesterday. Today and yesterday, yep. 
Yeah, but he is like, I know where to find people who are more likely to be interested in what I have to offer. Yep. That's savvy. He becomes more famous during this because, of course, there's a movie about nudist colonies. Everybody wants to write an article about nudist colonies. There's an ads. There's ads for this. There's articles about it. And then in the middle of all this, Willie sees a woman named Dorothy Tolson. Okay. And Dorothy's a union employee. God bless her. Yep. She is picketing the Jolly Joan restaurant in Portland near Broadway in Washington, if you're a Portlander. Okay. And he sees her marching up and down the hot sidewalk. It is like a hundred degrees out. Yeah. And Willie sees her and he's like, oh my God, she is sweltering. This is terrible. And he goes up and he's like, you know how you would be more comfortable? Is if you didn't wear so many clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I have used that very same line on women. Right. Oh, let's get you out of these wet things. Yes. You know? Oh my. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, too, like, he's balling up to her in his whole look. Yeah. So this yeah. is probably, I mean, yeah. I don't know Dorothy's life, but statistically, probably she's never seen a man's chest oh. before, yeah. unless it was, like, Eugene Sandow or in a, right. in a silent in film a silent or something. Fil- yeah, I'm sorry, Liz, you don't think she's ever seen a mostly naked man in a diaper made out of a cat? And an accountant visor. You think this might be new for her? I think the visor is the part that would particularly (laughs) throw me off. Because, like, if somebody rolled up to me and they just had, like, their little, like, I'm a cartoon caveman britches on, I'd be like, I don't totally get your purpose, but I understand your aesthetic. But goddamn, the visor would throw me. I'd be like, is this from an anime? Right. Is, right. I can't keep up with all this shit. You goddamn is this a hipsters. Meme? Is, this, yeah, is this what a vine is? Yeah. <laughs> Are you a vine? Are you a vine? <laughs> so she runs away, and the story <laughs> delights everybody because it has it all, right? It has oh. a naked man trying to be earnest. You get to talk about nudists, and you get to imply that a young lady was shocked, oh. and a union worker was deterred from their picketing. Yes. So it just really... Everybody gets off. Everybody's got a boner for this story. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Willie carries on with his stuff. He gets in trouble with the police in Portland because, you know, indecent exposure uh, yeah. and so forth. But finally, he sells his postcards across the country and gets to Chicago, the Century of Progress Exposition, oh which was huge 424 <laughs> acres along three and a half miles of lake michigan oh, wow like everything you could do everything but oh. you couldn't see the whole thing in one day or three days yeah and unfortunately willie gets to see very little of it because he goes straight to jail <laughs> do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars. you are not allowed to wear your wildcat britches in chicago <laughs> that is a yabba like, dabba don't sir Yabba dabba don't indeed. Not a yabba dabba good time at all. No. So I I thought this whole time, I'm like, wow, they are being really prudish and uptight in Spokane about this. Apparently yeah. they were really being liberal about Super this. Super permissive. Because they were just like, quit it. <laughs> no, that's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
And here's the part. This is like the low point. I try to explain this to Lyd because she often gets upset during movies. I'm like, look, every story has a part where it seems like everything is lost. Yeah. And everything's going to be bad. Yeah. And you come back from that. Here's that moment for Willie. In Chicago, they throw him in jail and they cut his hair. Oh. And they shave his beard. Oh, Willie. And they make him wear clothes. This is Curly and- Sue all over again. Well, did she get a cold that lasted for three months? Oh, I don't know. Because that's, <laughs> that's what happened to Willie. No way. Because they stole his hair. They stole his Samson powers. Fur. His, yeah. His pelt. <gasps> they cut his hair. They stole his pelt. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Oh. But eventually he gets out. Okay. He starts growing his hair out again and his beard out again. Yeah. And Sell some uh, postcards at the World's Fair. He had this interesting talent where he could quote the Bible really well. Yeah. And so he would have, like, whole discussions with clergy and stuff. Okay. Wait, how long was the and- World's Fair? It's three months later and it's still going? Yeah, it went for a longest time, I guess. Right. I don't know. All of 1933? There you go. No idea. No idea. So he swings back through Iowa to see family and starts heading back toward Washington. Okay. Now, somebody, while he's gone, buys the 40 acres. Now, why Francis gave up when Willie finally stopped yeah. showing up. Yeah. Maybe that was all he wanted. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I just miss Willie so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do. Who is the Joker without Batman? Yeah, right? They complete each other. Yeah. So in Des Moines, he gets locked up on a double charge of attempting to persuade a group of children to be nudists and having <laughs> faulty brakes on his automobile. Oh my god. Now, normally oh I would not make light of a grown right. man convincing children to be naked, but this is very clearly right. some parents saw him talking to kids. Right. And they were like, get away from our kids, you pervert. He's trying to make them be nudists. Yeah. I have never seen Willie evangelize. All he does is say, this is awesome for me. This is good for me. And I yeah. guess to the union worker, he was like, you are sweltering. <laughs> you would be better off. But he's not, like, pushing this on people. And regarding the car thing, he says, and and here's one of the places where he does lose me, why should a car be compelled to have brakes when all I myself have is a pair of shorts? No. Like, why should a watermelon have wings when a washing machine isn't a dryer? You're like, Willie. <laughs> yeah, that's- First of all, they're not okay with you just having a pair of shorts. Secondly, <laughs> your shorts don't stop you from crashing two tons of metal into people killing them. Right? Right? These are incompatible comparisons. (laughs) Why do I need a colon when I have a perfectly good stomach? They do different things, bud. Many parts of a whole. Oh, man. Oh, Willie. So 1940, Willie comes home. And over the years of his absence, he's collected this menagerie. So Mm. he's got a ring-tailed cat. He's got a possum. Um, What's a ring-tailed cat? I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I'm like, is that a raccoon? Is that a raccoon? Yeah, exactly. Oh, there you go. (laughs) There's one of those weird regional, like, catamount. I have no idea. Oh, my God. Look it up. It's beautiful. 
Oh, really? It's oh, I want to see that. native to the arid regions of North America. It looks like a bush baby mated with a raccoon and had the little tiny angel creature of my anime dreams. It's native to North America? I've never We've heard never, or seen of this nope, thing. Never, ever, ever. It is... Did I just say I've never seen of this? You've never seen of so this. So beautiful it took away my English skills. It really did. Dude, it looks like a ferret stole a raccoon tail, but then glammed up. Was there something wrong with the way I described it? You had to go put your own spin on it, right? No, I'm, I'm just marveling. <laughs> I'm participating this, in the marveling. You are. Isn't this... It is least concern for conservation status, and look at its range. It comes, like, all the way up to almost Oregon's butt. How have we never Can seen I have this? one? Yes, obviously. <laughs> I scrolled down four rows and found this. What is a ringtail cat and how do I get it out of my house? <laughs> Somebody's asking the real questions. Really good. Oh, <sighs> man. All right. So Willie, he lives in his car, basically. And he's living in his car with an increasing amount of semi-domesticated animals. Yep. Which is... Wild. He kind of matches up with a church that's a little bit extreme. They're called the Master Church of Faith of Nature, where <laughs> most of their stuff, I'm like, guys, I am fully down. They say stuff such as, no war, thou shalt not kill applies to everything. Okay. Uh, the first law of nature, though, is self-preservation. Okay. Uh, let's see. You they they don't believe they have an option on you as you put it. So basically, they're like, if you want to be in our church and another church, that's fine. Um, wow. Your job is to be thankful to God, and animals are not equal to men, but they have a spirit and they're sacred and important in God's plan. So, like wow. in terms of this, this is like right up Willie's alley, yeah. right? Like this is fully his deal. It's like animals are a big deal. The first saint that this church appoints is a guy who was known for <laughs> rehabbing injured stray dogs. Oh, so this is like. Such a good match for Willie, oh. right? All right. Let's fast forward a little bit to 1946. And this amazed me. He He's driving across the country because he's just, I think he enjoys it. He's having a hard time because of gas rationing. Okay. But other than that, he's into it. He goes to Watertown, New York, which blew my mind. Because oh, wow. that's like where my family's from. Yeah. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? He's in Watertown? Your family, Nothing is from Watertown. Your family could have hung out with him. Yeah, in the 40s. Yeah. And somebody would have invented a safety pin. I think that's the other thing Watertown's known for. <laughs> nice. So here is what Willie is rolling with at this point. Yeah, and he would fit in real well at, like, the state fair. <laughs> he has his home on wheels. Okay. That he's somewhat customized. He has, it's a three and a half ton truck that's cannibalized from, like, five or six different trucks. Okay. It's a, and he's built like a little wooden tin house on the back. So he's kind of invented the Winnebago, yep. but also he's in like Mad Max, as far <laughs> as I can tell. And here's what he's, he's driving with five skunks, oh God, six or eight white rats, apparently a dozen guinea pigs, oh my God. two puppies, a bull snake and a coyote. Oh my God. 
How does he make them not yeah. eat each other? I don't know. He says he plays with all his pets simultaneously and handles the skunks as one would play with a kitten. He has cages for them. He also has a little kerosene stove in there, which is where the fire comes from. Oh. This is... Don't worry, the animals aren't in there when is when this jalopy okay. of all jalopies catches on fire. Thank you. Uh, he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. He's 65 years old at this point, still rocking out in his shorts. Yeah. In this article, he claims the chief cause of all the trouble in the world is married people. <laughs> now, if he meant the heteros being upsettero, then we're on the same page, Willie. But I think what he means is he doesn't think you should marry women. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know what happened to the whole young lady or two in the buggy situation. But oh, now he has six skunks. I, so <laughs> Moving up. I think he just doesn't want to commit. I think. Yeah. I think he's actually a, an early Satanist, you know, where he's like, harm none, take no shit, look out for number one, and do what you want to do as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Right? Yeah, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. He he tours around, and he gets arrested many more times. Of course. Of course. Among other things, like his coyote biting people. Oh. <laughs> no. Traffic oh. tickets and... All this stuff. Like, he's such a live and let live guy. Yeah. That when he runs into people who aren't that, it's not great. Right. <sighs> now he comes back to the Northwest. On August 16th, 1951, his wagon <laughs> menagerie runs into a pickup truck. Oh my god. Because his brakes failed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, he had shorts. Don't worry, he know? had shorts. Why, Why should I have to have brakes? Yep. As though it's not bad enough to get hit by a three and a half ton, three decade old Frankenstein car, <laughs> in the accident, some cages break open and rattlesnakes come out. What? <laughs> Stop it! This is the worst pinata. Right? <laughs> You're like, what kind of final destination horseshit is going down on this day? Right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Your father was in a horrible car accident. Oh, no. Did he die? Well, yes, but not from the car accident exactly. Not exactly. This is a Rube Goldberg contraption of death. If the impact doesn't kill you, don't worry. We've got several other options for you to choose from. Yeah. Basically, all the animals are fine, but they are no longer contained. (laughs) So out of this pinata of a vehicle comes rabbits. Raccoons, white rats, dogs, guinea... Like, this This yep. feels like Pee Wee Herman oh rescuing God. the pets from the store, exactly. right? Dogs, guinea pigs, a Gila monster, <laughs> and a bunch of pigeons fly out like a fucking John Woo movie. Fucking magician! <laughs> I love him. Oh, God. So, you know, what what would you guess Willie does as soon as he gets back to Spokane? Where do you think he sets up camp? <laughs> well, I think he's going to pick up a six-pack of weird animals and head over to Francis's <laughs> old home. Yep. Yep, it's been 30 because years he's a and he's still like a pigeon. I'm going to keep working on this. Yep. I think I need this back. I'm going to worry this bone some more. <sighs> right. He's at this point he has 30 guinea pigs because oh, that's what happens stop. when you have more than one guinea pig. Yep. I think. Yep. That <laughs> happens for sure. Uh, 
he's going right back into the cycle. At, but at this point, because he has so many animals, now the animals also go to animal jail. So oh, every time no. he gets put in jail, they all go to the Humane Society. Yeah. And these guys just have to be like, and now we have a zoo. And now we've got a coyote in the Humane Society. Great. Hooray! Yeah. I wonder if that's why the Humane Society is right out there to this day. They're like, we will build right here <laughs> for Willie's shit show. Exactly. We're ready. We're prepared. You might bring us an elephant and we need to have some land around us. Right? God. So he he momentarily says, okay, I won't go out to the farm unless the new owner says I can legally be there. He manages, he gets out of jail by doing that. I think that's why he says oh. it. And then in a hot minute, he's like, well, uh, but everybody I talk to says that property should still be mine. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because everybody's a fucking lawyer when a weird dude with a visor who's <laughs> 70 and is wearing shorts and has a goddamn raccoon on each shoulder says, uh, tries to tell you a story about a farm that he lost because of Eddie Murphy. You're like, I think that is your farm. I'm Are you going to argue with this guy? I'm pretty sure it is Hunter S. Thompson. Right? You're like, I think I met like a Greek god <laughs> down on his luck? <laughs> or some kind of nature spirit? This was a, pr yeah, exactly. This was a fable that I was suddenly part of and I had to be on his side or he would curse me with eternal beastliness. Right? You're like, I don't want to become one of those guinea pigs. <laughs> I don't want to be one of the anemones in Ursula's sea garden. I'm going to agree to whatever he wants. <laughs> right? At some point in here, here we go. 1952, he's parked outside the courthouse because of course he is. It's where the reporters he are. He is. Yeah, and the people he can argue yeah. with all the time. Um, he's using an oil heater to heat mm. his car. I don't know if this was all normal for the time but mm. people do go hi why is so much smoke coming out of your vehicle yeah this is of concern to us yeah. and he's like well i keep the dogs warm with it <laughs> <laughs> the coyote hates being cold and the bull snake was shivering so yeah they get lethargic yeah <laughs> i have a job to do here so in between this shenanigan and that, he's going to fairs, he'll visit festivals and whatever. He'll do his stuff. He basically maintains the same story forever, which is I did it because I think that it's natural and it keeps me healthy and I enjoy it and I don't feel cold. Okay. I'm gonna live my life. Now, he does go to Sacred Heart in 1958 because he'd been trying to refuel a gas lantern in his car yeah. when he dropped the can of gas and it exploded. Yeah. And then a larger can of gas <laughs> that was in the trunk also blew up. Yeah. He got all the burns. I bet. But his big problem is it burned off all his chest hair oh. <laughs> and it made him very sad oh no <laughs> fortunately none of the animals were in it at this point he had seven dogs oh my god in addition to the 30 guinea pigs oh my god i have tried to sleep yeah. with a single small dog in a queen-size bed and it doesn't go well how does he have mm -mm. seven dogs in his franco jeep I so wish I could see this thing. Like, there's photos of it, but it's not like, you can't see inside. Yeah. I don't understand where he yeah. slept. Yeah. Or, like, how organized this was, or if it was just, like, packed to the brim. Yeah. 
Looking at his pictures now, let's see. Here he is in Watertown with his skunk and coyote. Here he is in Spokane with his African hairless dog. Where did you get that? What is an African Is that real or is that dog? just a hairless dog? What is that? I don't know. Oh my Here's god. Here's Willie lassoed by a pretty cowgirl. Yeah, it was. Sure. Here he's holding a possum. Got the, God, this visor is just fashion disaster. When did he get a pet monkey? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So this has caused two problems for Willie. One is that his shirt that he's had all these years has been damaged. Oh, you know he's in his seventies. He had at a this shirt. Point. Like he's no, no, his chest hair. Oh, that's right. Good God. <laughs> yes, he's lost half of his beard and all of his chest hair, and he's got to grow it back. But also, he doesn't have a car anymore. Yeah. So. One of his friends from church says, Willie, you're not really, like, in good enough shape to be back out with a car right now. But Willie's like, well, I'll be better off when I have a vehicle. And they say, okay. They find him a four-door car, which, again, it costs $145. So I'm like, I believe you could have gotten the money to get a different patch of land if you'd yes, wanted to. exactly. He loads in all the critters. The next day, he goes to Market Basket on Division okay. to buy food for him and the pets. He's acting kind of weird. Two hours later, he's on North Hamilton at Cleveland, and a 10-year-old girl sees him coming around the curve too fast. He's leaning across the front seat, and he hits a tree. Mm. So his pets get collected because they survive. They get taken to the pound and presumably rehomed. But Willie has passed away. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Suddenly. And what the examiner said is that basically, I'm interpreting here that he had um, heart disease. So basically, yeah. his his brain wasn't getting enough oxygen right there at the end. Gotcha. And okay. so that's why he crashed the car. Okay. Um, he lay in state at the Hennessy Funeral Home, which is on Division. It's still, still on there, Division. yeah, yeah. Which I found very impressive. Tons of people came through. Hundreds Aww. of people came through to see Willie, and some of them even noted. Now this breaks my heart. They put a white T-shirt on him. Oh no, for the viewing. Mm-mm. I'm like, stop it. Mm-mm. Didn't like this. They combed his beard. Why, murmured Mrs. Lloyd T. Jacobs, North 4208 Lincoln. He looks just like a Bible character. God. <laughs> God. Yep. You could not pay me enough money to believe that people actually spoke in that golly gee kind of like bullshit leave it to beaver voice. But I guess they did. Somebody apparently did. <laughs> So yeah, there was there was a nice service. People sang. He is buried at Fairmount Memorial Park Cemetery. So he's still there. He has a little a low headstone. Uh, he had very few possessions. Some of them apparently went to a museum, and some went to his sister. Okay. He had basically some legal papers related to the farm situation. <laughs> He had a little coin collection, Aww. and he had hundreds of postcards yeah. of himself, because that was, like, his merch that he sold. Yeah. Now, the dedication of this book says, To all who dare to live as they please without conforming to anyone's standards except God's. And that's the thing that comes through in this book again and again. And yeah. I'm like, if you take the God part out, you have found most of our mission statement. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was a little disappointed when I first got through this book because I'm like, oh, that's the whole thing. He was just a dude who didn't want to put a shirt on (laughs) and was kind of stubborn. But the more time I spent with this character, the more I went, you know what? In his mild way, Willie, Willie did a good job of living weird. He conformed to nobody's standards except his own. And did what he felt like he needed to do. Yeah. And I support that. And I salute it. Yeah. I salute that for yeah. sure, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, there's two sites in downtown Spokane where if you want to connect with Willie, you can do that. One is uh, at the intersection of Sprague and Division, a.k.a. the Haunted Intersection. <gasps> there is a mural where Willie is walking along, he's behind a very oversized marmot. <laughs> yes, that's right. And then in the river, this was controversial because they they came up with this, well, there were still people alive who remembered Willie, and literally somebody's on the record from the city council saying, I wasn't impressed with him when he was alive, and I'm not impressed with him now. <laughs> but when you're walking through Riverfront Park, Around where Inspiration Point is, they've just remodeled that whole area, there's a large rock in the river, and you'll see a little plaque on the bridge when you are going by that declares that it's Willie Wiley Rock. And I like that because I don't know that he would have been a statue guy, right? I can't imagine, But naming a rock after him seems like his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Wow. That's the guy. That's the Willy Wiley of oft-teased <laughs> presence. Spokane's nature boy. I'm really glad you finally told me about Willy Wiley. Yeah. Yeah, it's a slim little book. Like, I, I dug into the newspapers and there's really not much more. Yeah. Except some personal recollections, like from a mom who remembered when she took her kids to the grocery store or something, and they were, like, going on errands with her and complaining about how cold it was, and then Willie just walked out with, like, no shoes, no shirt, oh no surface, yeah, exactly. like, straight into the snow, and they were like, all right, we'll stop complaining. Yo, yo. <laughs> that guy looks like he should be cold, but he's okay. <laughs> I love that. It's cute stuff like that. He did a lot of little sweet things for people, and he made people really happy when they got to see him. It's a very chill little story. Yeah, it is. It's one of those, like, okay, well, legalities aside, the humor comes from the situation, not because you're putting someone down. It's like that kind of story, you know? Yeah, I'm like... In Francis's shoes, and to the extent that I've talked about his nephew, like, I sympathize that this would have been a very specific pain in the God, ass. God, yes. But we're all a pain in the ass from time to time. Oh, man, and what a story you get out of this pain in the ass. Yeah, this is pretty mild. Yeah. He just keeps trespassing. And right. property is theft and boundaries are bullshit. Anyway, so, so, yeah, exactly. Like, what the... <laughs> You're loitering. That is the worst thing you're doing yeah. is you're loitering at me. <laughs> and with hay. With hay. Every now and then. <laughs> and you're farming. <laughs> you put some crops or some weird-ass machinery on my 40 acres. It's fine. Yeah, which Francis mainly seems to be using to harvest timber. Yeah. Which is like, that's not incompatible with having some rusty vehicles. Yeah, exactly. You guys were made for each other, as a matter of fact. Yeah, just figure out a compromise. Yeah. Uh, 
I'll put some pictures up of Willie for people to enjoy. He's got a nice smile. He does have a nice smile. Yeah. Come find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and you'll get to see those. You can always come to our website at Ouijabrods.com where we put guides, write-ups, transcripts as we get them done. You can join us on Patreon.com slash There's various membership levels there. And I think the most consistent thing that folks are getting is basically the long version of these. Basically, here's what the actual recording session yeah. sounded like. Yeah. And then I go through and sometimes cut 15, 20 minutes uh, just to tighten it up and make it a complete story. Right. But if you're a digression fan... You may be curious about those. I'm not really sure how much is going to have to come out of this one. It's been a pretty loopy taping session to be on. Whoa, lightning just struck. Yep, that one's come out. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) It's been a pretty loopy recording session. Yeah, it has. Anyway, come hang out with us. We enjoy getting to share interesting stories with you. Yeah. And we like hearing from you yeah. about what's going on in your lives. So just do that. And you know what you've got to do is live weird. Is die weird. And stay weird. Stay weird. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah. He stayed good and weird. 30 guinea pigs is pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs>